Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Good afternoon and welcome to a new episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. This week, we have a very cool and special guest on the CEO of Timeout Group, Julio Bruno. Timeout Group is a global media and hospitality business that helps people explore and experience the best of the city through two divisions, Timeout Media and Timeout Market. Timeout itself launched in London in 1968 with a magazine to help people discover the exciting new urban cultures that had started up all over the city. But today, the group's digital and physical presence comprises of websites, magazines, live events, and Timeout Market. Across these platforms, Timeout distributed its, distributes its curated content written by professional journalists around the best food, drink, culture, entertainment, and travel in 328 cities, wow, in 58 countries. So today we'll be talking about Timeout Group and its story, its diversification into the hospitality sector with specific reference to the newly opened timeout market that has the city buzzing here in Dubai in Souq al and the impact of COVID and strategy moving forward. So good good afternoon, uh, Julio. Good afternoon, Richard. How are you? Thank you for having me well uh, here in your in your incredible podcast. Happy to yes, be here. Yes, it's actually, I know this is a recording, but it's actually still early in London, relatively early on a Friday morning, and you're in your home space so you're based in London correct I am based in London and uh but I I, I before COVID I was based in a plane mainly right uh, <laughs> in a plane yeah and I would be always somewhere but and, you know I've just been recently in Dubai opening the incredible Tamar market in Dubai from there I went to Spain I'm going to uh Portugal this weekend because we are opening the original Tamar market reopened the Tamar market in Lisbon so I'm going back as the city is opening back to that routine of, of being in a plane. But today I'm in London in my home office. And you mentioned just before we went on air that you're you're currently, you wouldn't be in your office at the moment, but they're renovating and you're moving to a new space. Correct. We are we're moving to another place, you know, the, in, in, in a couple of weeks. So we are, you know, I was there in the office yesterday, but as you can imagine, with all the moving, etc., it's a little bit complicated. So I thought the noise uh, would not be great for your podcast. So here yeah. I am. And you're a podcaster as well, Julio. How do you have the time for everything? Oh, my. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I am a podcaster by not, it happened by accident. Our, our podcast, uh, which I name Your City or Mine, uh, question mark, uh, it started because our general manager in Australia was running the Time Out Business podcast. And he, uh, he was poached by the government in Australia. So Mike uh, is now having a wonderful job in Sydney. And he said, we have to continue that. And it's a business podcast, mm -hmm. so we need you, Julio. I said, oh, come on. <laughs> and then my chief marketing officer and the chief content officer told me the same. So finally, it's a, it's a, it's a group effort, right? So I have the editors who help me, et cetera. And I do it in a spare time. I'm recording two this evening. Uh, oh, okay. Very, very late one, uh, actually, because they are from the USA, and one I think is from Uganda. So clearly, uh, I try to find time where I can do two or three and, and and move on. But it's 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 fantastic doing a podcast. I learn a lot. I learn a lot. I love it. 
it, it, and it, you know, I see how it's presented on the Time Out website and how it looks. It feels very on brand. It's very curated. It's lots of interesting people. It's quite cool. Uh, is that your background or how have you embraced the publishing industry, but also a publisher yourself? Is, was, has it been a shift for you? Well, uh, yeah, it's good. You know, I think that after six years of managing, uh, managing a global media brand, uh, one, if you don't learn managing so many editors worldwide, then you have a problem. Uh, I always <laughs> love, to, I always love to, to, to write and I do write a little bit and I have written for different publications as well a little bit. And I think that uh, that's part of it. But I think that I'm just you know, in the midst of, uh, you know, daily discussions with our editors worldwide. And I think you get the bug of, of not just publishing, but actually being part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, uh, you know, Time Out represents all the things that we want to do of all after COVID, you know, past COVID, which is, you know, going out, we are social animals and we have to meet people, enjoy the cities, enjoy life. And I always love that. You know, you don't need to be a publisher or a journalist for that. I think you have to be somebody who enjoys cities. And, and, and in my case, I've been a world traveler and a world citizen all my life. Mm. So for, you know, going from Tokyo to Dubai to Rio de Janeiro is just part of who I've been for the last 30 years. Amazing. Uh, so interesting because to, to time out, you know, even where I grew up in Dublin and obviously London, it's a synonymous brands uh, and it's been around a long time. Uh, do you think it was for you entering into managing that brand, as you said, six years ago, media is obviously going through constant change and fragmentation and evolution and many different forms of, of successes and, and challenges. Uh, do you think it's, it was a benefit to having a brand that's been around for a long time or was that a challenge? Was it, you know, not disrespectful, but it was a, a 1960s magazine that you know, needed to be reinvented. Uh, and uh, how did you approach that when you when you took the reins? Um, <laughs> there is some origin story right now that origin stories are famous, right? For now, even all the movies, what is the origin story of the Avengers? <laughs> but in my case, not that I'm comparing, there is an origin story for me and Time Out or Time Out, Time Out and I, which uh, it was, I was, I approached them. They never approached me. They were not looking for me. I was ah. looking for the next project. And um, I got somebody to introduce me, never said why. Uh, got to meet the, the private equity owners at the time. It was a private company. And after a couple of meetings, I, you know, I told them what I thought about Time Out, what it should be. You know, my previous uh, life at TripAdvisor, Travelport, et cetera. I've been in the travel and entertainment industry for many years, um, and obviously the digital publishing, etc. And I felt that Time Out needed to, you know, take that magazine and evolve, right? And I think it was a, a meeting of minds. They, the owners, Oakley at the time, Oakley uh, Private Equity, were looking to do that, and I think I came up with some of some of the solutions that we believe. Uh, were needed and and that's how I approach it I approach as a, a brand that he you know founded by now this is uh, our founder Tony Elliott rest in peace who you know had this very incredible idea in 1968 from his kitchen to uh, discover the things that he wanted 
to go out as a 20 year old, you know, what, what, what do I want to go out in London? Imagine London in the swinging 60s uh, and there's no internet and the newspapers is not where they were today. They were like very, we can imagine, very serious. So how a young person who wants, you know, music and culture and a little bit of things that are not happening and underground, counterculture, and he created a magazine basically for himself and his friends. And that evolved and evolved and evolved. And clearly, I don't need to say what happened then with the world many years later with the internet and, you know, listings, then you needed a magazine for listings, but then you don't need a magazine anymore because the internet will give you the listings, right? So how do you evolve? And, and, and the evolution of Time Out and the expansion worldwide it was also an expansion of a lifestyle, right? Time Out with professional generated content, PGC, as opposed to, you know, user-generated content, yeah. UGC, uh, is saying, well, why is it important? We have to give a view of the city because if you go to a city like New York or London or Dubai, there is so much to do that either you're a local or a visitor, how do you choose what's the best thing to do? And you, we all want to do the best, yeah? We have FOMO. So clearly we want to do the best and I don't have the time. I have a weekend, I have to do three things. What do I do? What is the best restaurant? Or what is the best Italian restaurant? Or what is the best, the trendiest restaurant? How do I get there? And why should I go there? And what is the best uh, theater play? Because I have many in Broadway or in the West End. And having that helping hand, that ambassador of the city, that's what Time Out has been offering for over 53 years now. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. And you mentioned Tony Elliott, who sadly passed away uh, last July and a giant of, uh, of, his, of uh, publishing industry in the, in the UK and, and the brand lives beyond his legacy and something that you're carrying forward. And, and to that point about the brands, you know, we have seen the industry change so much and it is hard for print magazine and, and uh, newspapers to evolve and adapt. Uh, not only to be digitized, but then to choose the paths of digital. Uh, at what point did you, you know, uh, did you focus on journalism? Did you focus on globalization or did you focus on that sort of offline, online uh, mix? Well, you know, I, I always was of uh, the, the opinion and the experience that you have to be where your audience is, right? So if you are platform agnostic and you say, well, okay, our audience will read us in their mobile, they will read us in their, you know, their website or in a print, sometimes in a magazine or even physically now with the time on markets, right? So if you think about a brand and what it sells, what it says to the world and what it represents, and then you just are where the users or your consumers or your readers are. And that's what we, and, and of course you have to do that profitably, you have to do that <laughs> uh, conscientiously, and then you have to maintain still what is the brand, you know, what you're about. If you don't have a clear mission and a clear objective, it's, you, you could be dispersed and then you don't know who you are anymore. And you know, sometimes, it's difficult because, I mean, you want to be, I mean, do I have to go on every single platform that exists, every new social platform? And that's difficult uh, to say no. And it's very difficult to say yes sometimes because, you know, uh, today publishing is a very costly uh, work for, for, for little money. So it's a work of, of love. <laughs> mm. um, and um, for us, it, it has been always been, you know, we have a brand that represents these values and, you know, part of the values that, that Tony Elliott 
created at the beginning and we have continued with, you know, diversity and inclusion, what I call reflecting the cities that we serve, you know, the cities mm -hmm. that we serve, multiracial, multicultural, multi-everything, those are the, the centers of culture that people gravitate towards, then you have to represent that in, in what you write and how you write about. So that's why Time Out has always been very uh, involved with, you know, if you want to call it human rights and, and equality and fairness and and, and, and this is also permeates throughout the organization, right? And through what we write and how we communicate to our, to our, to our, to our consumers. So from, from the point of view of, of, of uh, you know, the, the, the values and the, if you want, selling of the brand, Timeout is also quite unique because we are a one brand company, now two brands with Timeout Market. So we have Timeout mm -hmm. and Timeout Market, that's two, that's two brands, which is very unique in the publishing world. You know, sure. the, to, to get a scale, uh, you need several brands, you need all this globalization, you need deep pockets as well. And with the digital transformation, clearly very expensive. If you look at what is happening, for instance, streaming uh, movies and, 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 and look at Discovery with uh, Warner, look at the creation of Amazon with uh, now MGM and obviously the Washington Post, etc., And you see that that's, how do you compete with that, right? So then you have a myriad of the smaller companies that are more niche. We are a niche global company, right? Mm. But we're niche because we have that, uh, that specific. So if you look at every sector that we touch, you know, there will be somebody who is more well-known than us in food and more well-known than us in entertainment and worm, but nobody is, as well known as, as for everything. And that has positives, you know, being the generalist and negatives of, you know, you are not then seeing as the number one in everything. But, you know, we have our famous five star reviews, red reviews, uh, red stars of Time Out, and you go to Broadway and you see Time Out and you go to the movies and you see a Time Out review there. Uh, you know, that, that makes us very proud because it means that what we have to offer uh, it is understood globally mm. and not just uh, in Anglo-Saxon speaking countries, but obviously in Japan and in China and in uh, Mexico, right? So that is also very interesting for us and very, very important. But as a business, as I said, we needed to do something to scale and our solution was pivoting, pivoting the company to uh, suddenly, you know, from talking about the best of the city to being yeah. part of the best yeah it's a nice story makes sense i get it uh i like it but from a business point of view uh you know you mentioned it was private equity and now it's listed in london what what's the kind of business status quo uh how much of the revenue is from uh print digital and the markets and what's the makeup of that modern media company that you're running there is a, a before and after COVID, right and or, or at least it's still a during COVID, which is, you know, it's a parenthesis uh, because obviously the company until 19 was one thing and now we are rebuilding, if you want. Uh, during during uh, COVID, we became uh, timing because, you know, we time in, be out. Yeah. You're and showing no one... the hat with the logo for those listening. Yeah, so time out to time in and it was all about doing things that we can't go out anymore. It was very, very yeah. smart branding and it worked around the world as well, which was, which again goes to show that sort of thinking that you, that global brand that you have. 
Yes, and, it, and it's thinking about, well, if the work couldn't go out, but we cannot be time out, it's time in, right? And that's something that I was discussing with the leader of our business in, 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 in Spain. And that's how it came out with the idea of timing. And then we executed very fast and the content teams started creating all the stories worldwide. Um, the world became much smaller because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew what was happening in Australia or in, or, or in Miami. And, and that was something very, very obvious to us. But also that meant that all our advertisers were closed. Restaurants, theater, museums, events, suddenly all gone. And our markets, the Tamar markets, as restaurants as they are, the best restaurants in the city, they closed as well. So when you talk about revenue, you know, it's, uh, I can talk about 19 rather than talking about what has happened in the last 18 months because clearly it has been very difficult. Uh, but in 19, you know, by the time that we were finishing the year, print was around 30, 33, 34% of the revenue of the company. So we had already been transformed into a digital main brand. Mm -hmm. And then the markets, the markets are big, behemoth of places. I mean, you know the one, Sukal Bahar. I mean, is there any better place in, in, in the whole of Emirates like this? I mean, <laughs> just a month ago. I mean, come on, you have the best chefs by, by far. You have an incredible atmosphere, the best views, you know, be in front of Burj Khalifa, Same. by the Dubai Mall. Those are incredible propositions. So, and by that, that means that they also, revenue-wise, are much bigger than a media business with one brand. So sure. eventually, eventually, uh, when we are back, you know, out after COVID, now we have re started reopening our markets. The market will be the biggest part of the company. You know, mm -hmm. revenue-wise, it will be by far will dwarf uh, the media in, in in two or three years. Because if you think, for instance, our original market, it was Tamar Market Lisbon, starting. Yeah. I've actually been there as well, and it's stunning. It's so cool. It's really nice. It seems so authentic. It's really cool. Thank you. And, yeah. and I love it too. And every time I go there, I put a couple of pounds in one week. <laughs> I mean, it's 30 some restaurants and uh, five Michelin stars, all of them with a three, uh, five stars of time out. And it's clearly a beautiful place as well, right? And mm. Is that a criteria to get in? You have to have a five-star timeout review? <laughs> yes, it is, it is part of the criteria. You have to have already a restaurant in the city to be mm. invited by invitation only. You have to have five stars, sometimes four, depending. You have to be considered by our timeout editors and the timeout market team as the best representation of that food in that city. Mm. You know, obviously, product, it's, yeah. it's, subjective, it's subjective by us, but it's obviously based on professional food editors, so clearly. And so, yes, there are several other things that we choose, but that's part of it. And when you look at that one, in 2019, we had 4.1 million visitors in the year. So the, the scale, I mean, that's the largest attraction of Portugal by far. So mm. the scale is so big that, that obviously dwarfs what you could do a media brand because uh, you are talking about, you know, people eating constantly 12,000 people every day for every single day of the year. Mm. Um, and, that, and the numbers were, you know, steadily going up. So, I mean, the previous year was 3.9 million. It's not like it just happened. And mm. it's something that was building over time and now it's six years. Clearly now we are reopening uh, next week on the 1st of June. Right. I will be there. I will be there for, for the reopening in Lisbon. Great, I'm gonna go to Portugal. <laughs> we can this green green corridor yeah. open between the UK and the and ah. um, Portugal. And by the way, I'm fully vaccinated as well, so that also helps. Great. Um, but um, so 
when you look at that and you see, well, that kind of business is, is so very different to what is traditional publishing and digital business, but at the same time, it's the same because our people who are interacting with your brand rather than digitally or through the mobile or through reading a, a magazine, through physical interaction. Mm. We are seeing what Time Out represents. I mean, we talk about the best of the city and now here you have, you now can try the best of the city as chosen by Time Out. And obviously yeah. we also do cultural events. We do a lot of things from theater to music to, uh, dancing so we are only creating events in the market which is the food and cultural market that we define ourselves yeah. as in short the, the world's best food hall yeah amazing so it's interesting I, I want to ask about uh, I just interviewed someone from the hospitality sector uh, from their core group and he talked a lot about owns managed and franchise and when you were talking Julio about Lisbon and with your accents, if Time Out has a European flair to it now, uh, whereas maybe before people might know it, obviously from their city and, and a British uh, publishing background, but it, it, it is, uh, seems to me that by being physically somewhere, it can really add a flavor and a personality and a localization to a brand. Is that part of the strategy? But um, more specifically, how do you manage a, a global brand? Do you, I, I know the, you know the relationship with, in the UAE is with ITP publishing. Is that your relationship internationally? Do you have franchise? Do you have managed services? And uh, how do you kind of keep the brand alive in, in different uh, business models? Well, first, what accent? I didn't know I have an accent. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not British. <laughs> uh, well, dear. Uh, no, so, um, you know, the, uh, well, if anything, I represent what Time Out is, right? Our CEO of the Time Out market is Didier Suliat, who is French, and uh, we have people in America, we have people from Portugal, like Joao Cepeda, the original co-founder of, of the Time Out market. Uh, from Lisbon, I'm from Spain, but I also have an American passport, so I have a dual nationality. I think that that also showcases the, 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 the who Time Out is as a, as a brand. It's very, uh, it's very global, and, um, and so am I. Clearly, mm. in terms of, of our relationship, uh, we have what we call own and operated from the Time Out Media side, which is our own places. It happens that in, in the UAE, we do have a disagreement with ITP Media for many, many years, and they have done a great job, and we are great partners and work together. In the majority of other places, it's our own, uh, it's our own uh, offices and our business now. For the market, it's the same. We have built our own, like Lisbon or New York or Miami or mm. Boston. And then we have others that are uh, uh, managed by us, designed by us, run by us, but it's, uh, it's a management agreement. And that's mm. a very a good model for us because it's people, like in the example of Dubai, we are working with our partner, Imar, and obviously they wanted us. And then, you know, we told them what we could do uh, as the best, uh, the world's best food hall and they love it and they have been and they are an incredible partner and that allow us also to take the brand to more places in a better more uh, uh, more efficiently because you know imagine the kind of money and the kinds of resources that you would need if you wanted to open 20 or 30 or 40 of these around the world is very expensive and, mm. and again you know we are a public company now but we have limited resources 
uh, and that working with the uh, strategic partners is very important for us. But in terms of media, you know, we own obviously the brand worldwide and, and what we do are uh, uh, few year agreements, uh, you know, renewable agreements mm-hmm. with some partners like for instance ITP. Yeah. And how do you manage that communication? You, you're a public listed company. How do you communicate that to the markets, the different margins in media versus uh, physical hospitality world? Uh, is it a story that's constantly evolving? How have people received it? And how do you position that? Because there, as you said, timeout's unique. This sort of proposition of one brand and that that real popular uh, experience, F and B experience offering as well. How how do you present it to the markets, and how is that received? Um, well, I <laughs> when I started, when I when I when I when I when I took the company public for the IPO, and I went in the roadshow with. Uh, the very just new CFO that has been like a week for with us. And I'm explaining, wow. you know, like, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going public. And this is the money that we are raising to do this. And they go, okay, you know, digital transformation, e-commerce, blah. And then <laughs> have this market here. And they went, it's like, <laughs> like this double thing. What, what do you mean a market? What? what? This restaurant, you look at Lisbon, you know, and at that, that time Lisbon was just new, right? And okay. they, they all went like, hold on, you lost me. We were talking e-commerce, we were talking <laughs> Now you're talking to me, I had hospitality, hospitality business. So I kept selling, you know, and it, that was the reaction absolutely by everyone. But he was selling the, the idea of the brand, what it means, the brand, and how you could be agnostic with your platform. And he and was kind of like trying to, uh, to show up people that they have never seen before. You know, they mm-hmm. understood a magazine going digital and, and, and e-commerce and events, etc. But they have not seen a magazine suddenly coming up with restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they usually got lost there. And then obviously as a, as a company, we, we showcase different, it's different business model if you want. Uh, you know, the hospitality model, you know, people coming, order value, etc. And then the media advertising model. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is one thing that joins both of them, right? which is the brand timeout. And then you have one plus one should equal three. And then there is a synergy that, you know, the, the media brand is telling people in the world why you should go to the timeout market. We curated it, these are the best things. So there is a wonderful marketing PR machine for the timeout market that create footfall. It also allows us to create that, uh, that credibility with the chefs that we invite, who is timeout? Well, they know who is timeout, mm. they know reviewed by timeout so obviously for them it's also aspirational being chosen as one of the best of the city under one roof by timeout so that mm-hmm. creates that aura of you know we understand the city we understand food and we are packaging it all together for uh, the consumer and then you think about a consumer you know i could be reading about what to do tonight or tomorrow in timeout and then i also can be sampling what timeout market has to offer. So mm-hmm. the more we talk about it, you know, the second time that I visited that investor or the third time, they got it. And, and still it's, it's very unique. And, but that was the pivot of a media brand. As you know, media has been battered by the last, the last 10, 15 years. And to find out, you know, whether you have a paywall, where you have a pivot to video, where ours was timeout market. And I mm-hmm. think that that was very unique and it is very unique. And it, and it has proven great. Now, you know you have the parenthesis of COVID, which suddenly stopped everything. We opened five markets in 2019. Mm. 19. 
we have to close them all in March 20. And, you know, we are reopening as we speak. Yesterday, we opened time on New York. That's why I'm wearing the T-shirt. Oh, amazing. Yeah. New York's back. Lisbon's coming back. But Dubai's open. It's great. Uh, yeah, we could talk at length about the pandemic. But, you know, the fact that you're here and you're reopening, it kind of tells its own story. And, and we can touch on it again. But just specifically, I was thinking of Disney parks and Disney streaming as you were talking in that in those two offerings. Uh, which is, you know, one type of comparison. Uh, and it's you're telling a positive story. It's amazing to see the brand legacy, but is it not challenging to, you know, direct-to-consumer makes sense in, in the timeout world of we used to sell magazines to customers. Now we have a place where they can take their card out or whatever way of paying in a, in a market. But um, not only is digital difficult, not only, uh, sorry, is journalism difficult with the costs of uh, uh, the term you used was professionally generated content with uh, premium journalism, but so is, um, so is direct, so is digital. You know, the technology around digital, the unit economics around the creator economy around digital monetization. Uh, is, it, is it difficult to kind of progress that while investing in real world as well? And how do you manage that? Um, yeah, I mean, every listen. If it was easy, they they wouldn't need me. Yeah. And, and and not that I have all the solutions. You know, I have a very good team that have incredible passion for what we do. And again, you know, not to talk about COVID, but you can imagine how double whammy you know, when you own restaurants and you have a media company dedicated to going out and the world is in. So it has True. been an incredible sobering experience that that we are now coming out of it and this is great uh, because also means that the the world is coming back and more healthy and and and, and deaths are subsiding which is great news uh, but how do we how do we look at, uh, at that world between you know digital and 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 that is today you know our our brand became free you know years ago so we don't sell the magazine in most places i think maybe in dubai they do but in most places we don't sell the magazine but and there's so advertising have, on it yeah it's an advertising model and the advertising model you have you know the print you know you have your page or whatever it's or a cover wrap or whatever but in digital you know it's about the audience what is the audience that you reach and how many impressions you're going to get me and and then of course the premium attached to that brand in the case of timeout it's very clear because we are an action brand so people come to us because they are going to do something. They are going to go to a restaurant, to a theater, to a movie, or to travel. That's what they're going to do, going out or a music event, etc., or to the market, which means that you have people who are going to spend money as an action brand. And that's, and that's good. And if you think about Disney parks would be the example the same. You know, there are people who are going to go out, and once they are out there, what other things are they going to do? Mm. And for us, from the digital point of view, is how did we enhance our content that we have created for many years and just make sure that digitally we were also relevant. And the digital world is very different than the print world, right? In the print world, you have a certain number of competitors and you distribute and you have a number of distribution in your print cost distribution, etc. Whereas in digital, you know, you are competing now with everybody, with everybody's an influencer, everybody is writing about this, you know, Facebook, Google, they take 82% of all the uh, advertising of the world. So clearly, where, where are you? And I think that, that for us, uh, digitally has been, uh, you know, first a transformation, 
uh, how are we serving our content to the users in the way that they want to see it. Uh, for us, actually, people come to us again as an action through horizontal search, you know, basically asking Google, uh, what is the best restaurant to go for this? Mm -hmm. Timeout is always out there organically. So very important, our SEO, uh, and, and, and that's what we, we build every day. And clearly the challenges of, you know, what happened one day with the third party cookies or what happened another day when Facebook throttles that and, uh, you know, and we have to deal with that. And that, that means by having a more direct content, uh, contact to your consumer, you know, what is called first party data. But in our case, you know, with a market, we have first first party data because we have actually physical people. In that content, in that concept of digital, suddenly physical becomes very important as well because you are creating a direct connection. So, in technology-wise, obviously, we uh, we are always adapting, we're always changing, we're always uh, improving. There's a lot to do in our website and our mobile sites to, to be sure that, you know, we have the right thing. We just launched the Tamad Market app where you can mm. pay or you can reserve, etc. We are working with our offers app, which uh, we're working on that now. And, and it's something that we are always evolving, seeing how the consumer uh, response to things and obviously for us very important that our, our audience grows grows a mm. uh, year uh, and that's that is a factor of the content if the content that we create is not relevant and cool and, and fresh people you know you will be a brand of the past and that's not what we want and that's why we fight every day to be relevant to be truthful to be unique and mm. to and, and to showcase, as I told you at the beginning, some of the values or all of the values that timeout represents. So the consumer understands what they read timeout, what they are gonna get. Mm. You, know, you know, cool, our tone of voice is probably in your face and it's fun and beautiful and, 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 and discovering inspirational. And that's what we are and that's what we try to do also in our physical markets. Uh, amazing. So uh, just specifically uh, touching on some of those points, uh, Julio, with regards to the things that you didn't do all in, you didn't go all in on a paywall, uh, you didn't go all in on production uh, in terms of, uh, and you might be doing more video, etc. with Digital World, but it, what you've done, uh, it makes sense. It's continuing the brand story and it's a physical digital experience. You, you have markets in the US, talking about lots of presence there. What's your view, and you kind of touched on it, on the current media landscape? We've seen a lot of uh, SPACs. There's a lot of talk about consolidation in the US and media. Uh, how do you see that? And where are you steering time out? Um, you know, SPACs are not as hot today as they were like five months ago, by the way. So you are totally <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> but when's, when's the timeout NFTs coming out or the timeout yeah. digital currency? Actually, we, we have put a couple of very interesting articles of NFTs for dummies, etc. And, and, and yes, we are, we are looking at it. We're looking at it because obviously uh, blockchain technology, very interesting. Uh, NFTs, I'm not an expert, so I'm going to bring somebody to my podcast to explain it to me as well. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and actually... Today I'm interviewing Antonio Scaramucci for my for my podcast, oh. so I think I'm going to learn a lot about it. <laughs> uh, hash Very hash, cool. you will hear it in a, in a week or two. Uh, yeah. And and to be honest, um, uh, the SPACs that you mentioned and the money that is in the system, as you can see, COVID. Uh, you know, one of the byproducts of COVID is that the richer got richer. 
The rich got richer. Why? Because all that money don't know what to go. And that's why you have a lot of SPACs. It's a very simplistic view that I'm giving you, but it's a lot of money out there trying to be invested and where. Mm. And at the same time, you realize that, you know, the effects of what happened being in, you know, being time in, you have Netflix, you have the deliverers of the world, you have Amazon delivery, et cetera. And how suddenly that growth of e-commerce and streaming multiplied by, I don't know how many factors and in, in, in we have 20 years into one. Mm. And that what's happened is apart from FOMO, you know, that fear of missing out of, oh my God, what should we do because of COVID accelerated a lot of these things. And that's why you see a lot of money now going to into consolidation. So suddenly Amazon said, well, you know, I'm already the biggest company. I own everything. I'm going to get into pharmacy. I'm going to get into health. I obviously have prime video, but now I'm going to have more because I need more content. And you mm -hmm. have then HBO saying, well, I'm almost alone there with Time Warner. Let's go to Discovery. I still think it's very small, by the way, Discovery Warner is still very small to compete mm. with the Netflix and the, and the Amazon yeah. of the world. Like 10, 12 million subscribers versus 200 or so. Yeah. Exactly. But, but you have to do that. And that consolidation, you know, has good and has a lot of bad as well, because mm. then the choice, uh, what happened with the consumer in my, in my, in, in the problem is not more in the entertainment side, which is okay. Okay. You're going to have bigger movies, bigger Avengers 25 and whatever, you know, fine to, to see that Marvel and Disney and all these people doing, but, but from the point of view of media, the problem that I see with this is that then you get into these fake news times 20, because now it's not news, it's opinions, et cetera. And, mm -hmm. and the more, the bigger companies they become, the more they absorb other companies, it will be difficult to maintain a lot of independence and, and, and local media, if you want, that will be telling the story uh, mm -hmm. as it is, rather than as an opinion. So I think there are the two things happening at the same time. Will SPACs continue? Yeah, of, of course, they are not as hot as they were uh, because that's normal, but they will, they're a thing now. And, um, and there is an interest around the world for consolidation. If you are thinking about timeout, I mean, listen, I'm not thinking about we pivoted to timeout market precisely to have a, um, a different take. That was our own way. Some people went for paywalls. Some people tried to do events. Everybody has been trying to do something. Because mm. brands, brands today could be very sub-scale, right? How do you survive when you are only a brand or now we are two? It's very difficult, right? Because the scale of these guys, I mean, when Disney buys all these things or with uh, the Warner says, well, I need to be with Discovery, etc. And these are all huge brands and they still feel small. Imagine what is time out compared to them. Yeah. Nothing, right? In terms of size. And so you, are a, you could be a global niche brand like what we are. Uh, and, and then of course, yeah, some people will say, Hey, I like this timeout thing here, you know, lifestyle, etc." <laughs> you know, it, it, as I said, there's a lot of money out there in the, in the world, but has we, that happened? Have you had acquisition offers that, that you'll tell me, but <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> no, we're, 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 a, we're a public company as you can imagine. So what I'm saying is that, um, you know, when, the world is looking at today, the media landscape, you are looking at uh, acceleration, as I said, of two decades into one year. And yeah. a lot of decisions are being taken with the prism or with the, yeah, with the prism of what happened during COVID. But the reality is that now we are coming out of COVID 
and people and companies are realizing that what you want to be is out because we are social animals and that you're probably not going to see every single series in Netflix as we have done for a year. And that you're not going to have every single day delivery of food because you want to go out and go to restaurants and you're going to mm. go to events and you're going to see movies in the, in the cinema as well, as well as home. But mm. those numbers that they were used through COVID are not going to be the numbers that are going to happen now after COVID. Mm. Uh, the human beings are, are not going to change. We are evolving, but uh, we are not made to be living a two-dimensional world. We want to live in a three-dimensional world and not in a matrix. And, mm. and I think that that's very important. So that consolidation that we are seeing as well and that rush to buy things that maybe they can have good prices now, I think we're going to see subsiding in the same as PACs because we're going to get to, to, to a little bit of a, of a more of equilibrium. Having said that, obviously, today's world is global and you need more and more global companies that talk about global things because at the end, we all want the same around the world, right? We want to live mm -hmm. a better life, a better education, better houses, better jobs for our children, for things. I mean, it's, it's, it's logical. And now with COVID, we saw what everybody else is dealing mm -hmm. with. And, and I think we, we hopefully that made us a bit closer together, hopefully. It's, it's interesting listening to you uh, describe it that way, Julio, but I think, you know, it's good to be positive at this moment in time coming out of the pandemic and, you know, the, the moat per se around timeout is that it's a one brand, two, two companies, two offerings, it's got physical. Um, however, you know, I often think of what a modern media company is today and, uh, you know, it, this is the device that we consume a lot on and that device isn't necessarily text, audio or video, it's a, it's a, a combination so when when you see some media companies uh i'll just name one it may be competitor maybe not but group nine media in the us have thrillers they've got a lot of content that's like that and they focus really around audio text and video uh you know i guess the the question is uh, what's uh media is unattractive in terms of valuations at the moment it's been battered as you said it's unsexy really in terms of valuations uh, what, why do you think that this mix of physical versus digital is a more valuable proposition than a text, audio, pure digital offering for the world that we live in today? I haven't that is more or less. I'd say that it was our way to do it. I mean, if you want okay. to talk about valuations, you know, if you are thinking about how you value a hospitality build business like, you know, top market, and you could think about, you know, X times of EBITDA, and when you look at a media business, even digital, you're going to have a much lower multiple on revenue, for instance. Uh, then, you know, the investor may think one way or the other. And then how do you value both together is a, a bigger discussion, right? Okay. What, I, what I'm saying is everybody find their own their own uh, uh, journey, way, business journey, yeah. their own journey if you want. And we have to find our own unique journey, right? And it was the timeout editors in Lisbon that one day created, well, it took them years, but created the timeout market. So if you are yeah. the best of the city, let's gonna create the best of the city under one roof. That was the people, that was the creativity that is very well known for timeout. And our investors, not only when we went public, but after that, uh, believe in that story, which is very unique attached to a brand that means something. Mm -hmm. You know, time out, people know time out around the world. There is a good sure. awareness of all people who travel, you know, 
everybody will know time well, not everybody, but most people will understand time out. They don't know that you have a market. They don't know if you were a magazine or you're on the web, but they, are, they have heard the word time out, right? As a brand. And I think that that's our strength. And that's what we have been enhancing that brand and everything we do that has that premium attached to it at the same time of being cool and the moment and fresh and inspirational and urban, right? Because we, we, uh, we, we champion cities. We, we don't talk about the country or the whole thing. We talk mainly about, about cities and travel from city to city and what it means. Because mm. we believe that the majority of people gravitate to cities uh, mm. and that's the place where the cultural have all the countries are right in the main cities mm. you have the theater you have the place you have uh, all the uh, museums etc is happening in, in those cities so you know i i don't i cannot speak for others of their journey i have seen journeys that are incredible and very successful and mm. pure digital plays that are doing so well i have seen many print plays that have done very badly and and they have transformed very badly as well or have not been able to transform digital mm. we are still in that journey and with mm. the parenting of covid you can imagine it's like a lot of things we have to start again uh it's 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 you know we have been punched uh, on the face very strongly and now we have to go uh, the whole team and get up and, and go out again and mm. both our markets our media and you know that's our journey interesting um so i know timeout is well known around the world and your business is bigger in some parts than others but Leaving that for a second and asking uh, with your uh, a CEO of a global brand hat on, how do you view the Middle East as an emerging market and how do you view it in terms of priority uh, and what's your outlook? How familiar are you with the region? Where do you see the opportunities and would you have an optimistic outlook that this market will emerge? Well, um, to start with, obviously, uh, our brand there, Time Out, is quite strong in the Middle East, uh, thanks to ITP and ourselves, obviously, the brand. Uh, we opened the Time Out Market in Dubai, who, as you know, which has been a success and is great because we are offering the best food of the city, the best experience, and, and that's during COVID. So imagine when the restrictions stop and, and we can do all the things that we want to do, all the cultural events, etc. We also signed uh, for a marketing Time Out Tamar Market Abu Dhabi that was announced um, a couple of months ago. And we will make more announcements sooner to, to the date. But, you know, we have uh, a market opening in Abu Dhabi, which we also have ITP being very strong as a partner there. There are obviously other places, you know, Qatar, Oman, et cetera, that we are, Bahrain, that we are uh, uh, well known and that, you know, they are potential uh, without discussing too much, but there are discussions from going there, let's put it that way. In other because, places? Uh, Sorry. Yes. Yes, okay. We'll we, we, we just, we'll just let that big green elephant in the room uh, stay in the room. <laughs> exactly, exactly. exactly. And, and, and obviously, uh, together with our partner there, you know, and, and our current partners like EMAR, etc., we are learning a lot about Mm -hmm. about the market we have a very good team there and not just in the market but other team that is helping us you know finding the right partners but one thing that we have learned through uh, through covid is that and, and my podcast talks about that you know the, the future of the city uh, mm -hmm. what happens with retail when everything goes into e-commerce and online and two-dimensional how it's going to be next the offices you know i'm calling you from home i'm not in the office our new office is much smaller than the one before. So if you're a landlord 
and you are thinking about the future of your properties, how you're going to attract people, footfall to your places. And in that problem that we have now after COVID, if you're a landlord, they have seen timeout market and timeout as a brand as part of the solution. Because you, indeed, as you can see in the Sukh al-Bahar, we do bring people because what we offer is something that people want and on the moment, and then it's the quality. So that's something that we are learning. And clearly in the Middle East is a region, it's a region that is well known for always wanting to improve, be the best, you know, look at Dubai, look at Abu Dhabi, look at those cities, and there are more. But I mean, they are incredible cities that are evolving in, in, in such a way that you can have now all the entertainment of the world. In Dubai, you have some of the best food in the world and some of the best chefs are there. Uh, Abu Dhabi is not far behind either. And some could argue that some of them are in Abu Dhabi more than Dubai. But my, my point is that we uh, see the Middle East as a strategic for the company and that's why we are there. We will continue mm -hmm. to invest there and to find more partners there to work and to offer uh, you know, to the local community and to the visitors. Uh, our who we are, what is time out, uh, uh, what we offer, and, and 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 actually the Middle East it has become for many years. This is not new, a gateway to so many things, either to the east or to the west. Yes, mm -hmm. maybe we're in the middle, right? <laughs> and it's, it's obvious, but it's there, and that means that also is a hub of international exchange of knowledge, of culture, of you know lifestyles that is very appealing to a brand like Time Out that is representing, you know, the best the city has to offer. Amazing. What a positive note to finish on. Julio, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the reopening in New York. Good luck with Lisbon. Uh, and we look forward to welcoming you back to this region on your many, when, when your office returns to the airplane. <laughs> yes, very and, soon. Uh, and, very soon and enjoy the conversation with uh antonio scaramucci the mooch this evening we'll continue to listen to your podcast uh thanks very much for your time that's it for another episode of dubai works thank you so much for listening and please leave a review on the podcast platform that you're listening to it really helps with organic searches also if you'd like to appear on dubai works or know someone who has an inspiring business story in dubai please do get in touch on any of the smashy social platforms